Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to share a couple of commemorations. You all are sending us the best commemorations. I, I mean, every week, I think, we can't possibly get more or better ones. They're and really then coming. here they come. It's fantastic. It's so keep them coming. We love all of the things that you send us. Please don't ever think that something is too small to share mm-hmm. or too big or difficult to weigh in on. Because as you'll see in the next couple of weeks, we have a huge range and they're all beautiful and important. Before we dive into commemoration number one, let's tell everyone, Sarah, about our exciting May bonus episode. Well, this was Maggie's great idea, which is to talk about our social media decision making. I did a break during Lent. We both have made some changes in recent months about how to use our social media. And we think about it a lot because we have to use social media for our work. So we're going to be talking about living wisely with your social media decision. (laughs) Including the inclusion of your kids. When, Mm. how, when not to, etc. So I think it's going to be a great conversation. Appreciate that suggestion from Maggie. Let's hear from Rachel first today. Her commemoration is very succinctly written, so I'm just going to read it to you. I'm writing to commemorate something that most people probably wouldn't think of as in any way positive. My husband and I love each other very much, but we've long had a very big problem in our marriage about sex or lack thereof. Neither of us have brought it up, and it's been the elephant in the room for years. Well, I just found out that he has cheated. I've suspected, but purely by accident, now I know. I confronted him, and he did not deny it. While I'm hurt and sad and mad, I'm not surprised, and I acknowledge that both of us played a part in getting to this point. We've talked and had the most honest and open, though painful, conversation we've had in years. I'm not sure of where we are going from here and what the next steps are since this is all very new. But while I still feel sad and mad and hurt, I also feel a lightness and relief because it's out there. It's happened. And we're talking about it. So I think of this as a milestone, although not one anyone would look forward to. It's an opportunity to love truthfully again, no matter what happens. Wow. That's an incredible presence of mind to be able to talk about it. I don't know if she is an incredibly quick processor and still in shock. I don't know the timeline, but that's that's incredible. I love the idea of loving truthfully and recognizing Mm -hmm. that that's better than loving falsely. And I think so many of us stay, whatever our situations are, and this doesn't apply only in the context of our romantic relationships, obviously, but I think so many of us just stay with the status quo because everything else seems too scary. And to Mm -hmm. recognize that living honestly, even if less comfortably, is a better path, to me, just really speaks to where Rachel is in her journey. I think so often we confuse comfort with familiar. 
You know, there was nothing comfortable about how she was living before, but we tell ourselves like, well, this is better. And we don't really mean because it feels good. We just mean because I know how it feels. I'm familiar with this bad. <laughs> I don't want yeah. new bad. And I think that happened, like you said, in so many relationships and institutions and jobs and friendships. For better or for worse, my personality likes to challenge things. I have no qualms about upsetting the status quo. But it's so hard to convey to people that, like, once you get to the other side, yeah, the confrontation is hard. And I realize it's harder for others than me because I don't – conflict doesn't upset me as much as it does other people. But, you know, on the other side, it's just so much better. And it's like we talk about with hard conversations around politics and, and on pantsy politics, which is it's just so hard to convey to people that it's the doing that makes it easier. It's not that you do it and then you're over and it's better. It's just that you do it and you realize, okay, it was worth it. It's better this time. I'm going to try it again. And that's it sounds like that's the – the realization Rachel is coming to is that I did it. I survived. I feel better for having said these things out loud. And I really like how she is not pretending that she knows what's going to happen next or that it's going to be good, but just that where she is right now and being honest and facing things for the first time is a good kind of progress all on its own. I don't know why radical honesty inside our houses is hard. But I really think it is. There was this tweet this morning. I can't remember who posted it, but someone had taken a picture of a sign that said something like, once you become a mother, you stop being the picture and become part of the frame. And it was Mm. posted as though it were like an inspiring quote. And the person was like, this is some bleakness right here. (laughs) And I think that's so true. I last night, you know, I loved the Memorial Day weekend enjoyed lots and lots of family time. Also, I am an introvert. And so lots and lots of family time, particularly with kids who want to be physically on top of me a lot and want every second of my attention, I just need a little break too. And by the end of Monday evening, we were getting in the car to go to a baseball game and I was standing outside of the car for a long minute. Everybody else had gotten in and Chad was like, what are you doing? And I thought, I'm just going to tell the truth right now. And I said, I'm considering whether I really need to go to this baseball game with you all. And he was like, "Okay." And he said, you definitely don't have to if you don't want to. And I did go. But I think we both felt better than me just being in a crappy mood the whole time. You know what I mean? It just felt good to say, I just am tired of all of you. I love you. But I'm sick to death of human beings right now. And I just I don't know why it's so hard to do that. But I've really been working on just saying it more lately, whatever it is. And I I totally feel lighter. My mother and I had a really honest conversation over the weekend about whether asking for help was an imposition, whether asking for what you need was an imposition, particularly on family members and people you're close with, because she was raised to believe basically asking for help. Or asking even for something you need or something you want is an imposition and you shouldn't do it. And I had reached out to a cousin and said, hey, can we come jump off your boat? And she was like, oh, I would never do that. And I'm like, wow, she's our family. Like, why wouldn't you just ask, hey, I want to come hang out with you. Can I come hang out on your boat? And so we're talking about it. It was sort of an ongoing conversation all weekend. And I said, you know, let me not mistake. Sometimes when you have these hard conversations, yeah, it will be an imposition on people. Sometimes it will be difficult. I mean, there's nothing not difficult about what Rachel is describing here. But I'm like, and, and sometimes you will impose. But I think there's just a part of me that believes it's okay to impose on people we love. It's okay to say, I don't want to go to the baseball game right now. If you can't ask for what you need, if you can't be honest about 
what's lacking in your life with the people who love you the most, what does that leave? If you can't look at the people you love and say, I'm not happy, I need something different. Now that can go too far. Like, look, we're not looking for the like midlife crisis Corvette situation here. But, you know, even that situation comes about because people didn't feel like they could ask for what they need for decades. And so then they just blow up their lives because they're so tired of not having what they need. I think it's so important to to face those moments when we need to have radical honesty and to ask for what we need, especially from people who love us. Because the silencing, like I said, the the familiar, the familiarness of silencing our own, own needs only works for so long. It's not comfortable. It's just familiar. And that's different. I think that's really good. You've taught me a lot about this, as has my therapist, Kurt. But I think the truth is those of us who don't want to impose and who live in this space of believing that you can't impose on anyone, which I have been for most of my life. We also, I think, when we start asking for what we want or just saying the truth of things, recognize that a lot of what we have is really great. And it's greater than it seemed when we weren't asking for anything within it. You know, I've realized over the last year, my marriage can handle it. You know, my Mm -hmm. marriage can handle me asking for what I need. And in fact, it's so much better and so much more fun now that I'm doing that. I didn't ask Because I had this fear that my marriage couldn't handle it. And in fact, it totally can and can thrive under those conditions. Now, that's not going to be true for everybody. So it's not that every story goes that direction. And like Rachel said, who knows what's going to happen in her situation. But I do think that it gets back to an opportunity to love truthfully, whether in this relationship or another or just with herself, is going to have a lightness that sitting still doesn't have. There is a heaviness to sitting still. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Is there something interfering? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. This is exactly what we just talked about in the previous segment. Sometimes you need help assessing. Sometimes you need somebody like Kurt or like my therapist, Beth, that can say, is this working for you? Are you happy in this? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com NL and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. For the Nuanced Life listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com NL. 
Next up, we have a commemoration from Sarah that I love so much. She talks about looking back and realizing that all her time off was used for other people. This happens, I think, so much in your 20s. You're using all your time off for people's weddings. You're using all your time off for family trips. And so she started taking time off just for herself. She likes to bake. She's been making cakes. She's been recharging. And she's been telling her family, no, I'm going to use my time off to go to women's conference. She's going to come see us at Evolving Faith. She says, I'm so excited to be taking this time to fill myself up and to be around other amazing women. I've had to tell my family no to trips that they wanted me to go on, and each time it's been a little easier. Each time I take off work for myself, I feel less guilty about using that time to recharge. So thank you both for giving listeners like me examples of how it's okay to take time for yourself as well as a place to commemorate the decision to do so. Good job, Sarah. Man, I remember that moment my husband and I reached like sort of maybe 25, mid-20s, and we looked around and we thought, every moment off work we're using to hang out with family or go on trips or do stuff like that, It's you really have to watch it, or that can be every second you have time off from work. It's so true, and I also think that there are related tentacles of this kind of philosophy. For the longest Mm -hmm. time, I didn't believe that I was allowed to buy clothing if it were not like work-appropriate clothing. You know what I mean? It just felt like my budget should be spent on work, too. Well, because work clothing is expensive, too. Yes, it's very, especially the kind of work clothing that that I was wearing. I mean, I just felt like this is where my budget should go. This is where my time should Mm go. That is no way to live, let me just say. Previous Beth, I'm sorry that you did this to yourself. Present Beth is doing a better job. Yeah, it's just so hard to do. And I think there's also, there is a sort of a budgetary aspect of this. Like, it makes it easier to always go on trips with family if they're, like, paying. You know, that's what happened. Like, my dad was like, well, come see us, and I'll pay for this trip for us to drive up the Pacific Coast Highway. And, like, it was wonderful. It really was. But at a certain point, like, we wanted to go our own places, and we wanted to do our own thing. And listen, that's just not a thing in your 20s either. That's still something we have to struggle with and watch is because my parents, you know, were very blessed. And sometimes they'll say, hey, we'll go. Let's go and we'll pay and let's do it. And, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think it can be a budgetary limitation, too, to to say, no, I'm going to spend my own money, extra money to go do the trip I want to do. Well, I think that's right. And I think there's a budgetary aspect to the time off, too. Right. Because and especially with weddings, If you go to three or four weddings in a year, you probably don't have budget left to do anything fun for yourself anyway. So expensive. It's so expensive. And they become more and more not just like time and budget intensive. You know, my mom was growing up and she was in the time of her life where all her friends were getting married. We're talking about like a Sunday afternoon, a Saturday night, if you were real fancy, not a three to four day weekend at a destination, you know, like that's just the expectations of what it takes to go to somebody else's wedding. Because look, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think it's really important to show up for people in those moments in life. Just because we commemorate everything on the Nuance Life doesn't mean we think some things aren't really important to commemorate, like getting married. But man, it's just like we keep asking more and more of the wedding guests. And so you're taking time off work, you're spending all this money, and people don't have time to do their own vacations. And some, listen, I've been to weddings before that I have left and felt recharged and like I had a fantastic time and it was a really great break from real life. And then I have been to weddings that were not like that too. So 
you know, it's just hard. It depends a lot on the wedding and what is being asked, especially of the people in the wedding, I think, Mm -hmm. because we ask a lot of people in the wedding. I think this connects so well to that marvelous David Brooks piece that we talked about a few weeks ago. We put so much on the weddings because we don't commemorate anything else. And so if that's your one big moment, then of course it has to be huge and you have to demand a lot of the people around you and you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Say, well, this is my chance to impose on them. Instead of having lots of chances to impose in smaller, more affordable ways, (laughs) Chad and I were out in the backyard this weekend, and I love our backyard. It's just beautiful and open and nice. And I said to him, hey, if we still live in this house when we've been married 20 years, we should have like a a celebration here in our backyard. And he looked at me and he goes, "Uh, why not you're 13? And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, you are right. Why not you're 13? (laughs) Or just split the difference in 15 so it's nice and round. Yeah, but it is kind of that thing where you feel like you have to lead up to these giant Mm -hmm. things instead of just doing small, fun things. And I think that gets you to a place where if you're like Sarah, our listener Sarah, you feel like I am not allowed to do anything for myself because there are going to be – Things stacked up from everyone else. How do you balance yep. that, though? That, that's the question. How do you balance where I show up for other people but also take care of myself? And it's just not ever going to be the same answer. People want the same answer. It's just not. It sucks. I know. I wanted the same answer. I still want the same answer. I want someone to be like, X, Y, Z, plug these numbers in, you'll figure it out. But, man, it doesn't work like that. I think it depends a lot on the season of your life. So I missed several things in the first five months of this year. Because you and I spent the first five months of this year in an incredibly intense travel and just energetic emotional situation with the book. And it's not that the book is more important to me than anything else happening in my family. It is, though, that because of what the book demanded of us, I just had to say no to some things because I would have shown up out of resentment, which is not okay. Mm -hmm. I would have shown up in a space where I would not have been fun. I would have been exhausted and I would have not been able to do our work well. And so I think you just have to put those pieces together and figure out what the the right answer in the moment is for you. Well, and what I've learned over time, and it sounds what Sarah is learning as well, is that in order to say yes to yourself or to say yes to what's important to you, you have to say no. And that not just say no, but understand that you will miss out on things. You will miss out on moments your family has. That's really difficult for me to understand the missing out. And I've tried to reframe it. I did a pretty good job this weekend. There were a couple things my kids wanted to do or I wanted to do and we forgot we didn't have time. And I said, hey, we're just going to save it for next time. Instead of we missed out on it this time, we're saving it to do next time. We have to leave something to have fun with. You have to leave something to see next time you come to the place or next time you go have fun and do that activity. And that always makes me feel a little bit better. I'm kind of embarrassed it took me 37 years to understand to frame my FOMO into, hey, we're just saving fun for next time. 
But I think that is a really good way to view those moments when you're making hard choices is you might miss that moment. Yes, but there is always a next time to be with your family and next time to make a memory. And you have to prioritize, you know, like you said, different parts at different seasons. And that bittersweetness of choosing one thing and missing out on another, that just makes you love it all the more the next time. So, well, I hope that your week is full of loving no's and loving yeses. And we will see you here next week for some more beautiful commemorations on The Nuance Life. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.